Say what? Hello and welcome back. It's time for Say What, where we hear from those connected to our industry about our world of electrical apprenticeship. And this does include those topics that you've suggested. So please keep those coming. I'm your host, Cindy Sandifer. You know, it's good to hear from each other, to learn more about each other. And that makes this moment extremely fantastic because today we are going to hear from Rob Cruz, the training director in Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh, So you and I were talking, we had this fantastic conversation that I feel like it kind of, it didn't come out of nowhere, but just talking about you and your experience and how you got from essentially point A to where you are. I don't know what point that is, what letter of the alphabet, but I just like, are you willing to share that with us? Just like a little bit about your story, how you got into this industry, how you became what you are today. Absolutely. Um, You know, Cindy, I, I say it, I know everybody's got a story. Every single person has a story. And sometimes we have to just remember that Um, your story has to be heard because there's somebody else who can relate to it and needs to hear the story. Um, So my story is a, I like to say it's a unique story, but I know it's not as unique as I I think. But um, so I'm 53 years old, bring it back. I was born um, the end of 1969, actually the last day of 1969. Oh, um, a New Year's baby. I am. I'm that tax break. <laughs> all right. For 1969. Um, with, with that, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, my parents split up at a very early age and my mom was a single mom on public assistance. Um, growing up in the 70s and 80s of the Bronx in New York was a very difficult time. Um, in fact, Jimmy Carter in 1977 said it was the worst slum in America. Um, there was rows and rows of burnt down buildings. If you ever Google the Bronx 70s and 80s, you really get a picture of what I'm talking about. Um, my mom, my mom suffered from mental health issues, and my brother and I spent most of our young years in foster care, in and out. Um, between going home and, and foster care, it was it was a difficult time. And as I said, when we came home, we came home to this war-torn Bronx settings. Um, my adolescent years were pretty good. Um, to a stable household, at least I was home, but didn't really have any parental upbringing at all and, and was running the streets, doing... Doing, doing what other kids my age were doing. At 16 years old, I, I dropped out of high school and, and I worked at a fast food restaurant and worked many, many minimum wage jobs between that time of 16 to, believe it or not, to the day I turned 25. Because um, on my 25th birthday was the day that someone called me up and said, I'm gonna give you an electrician job and, and give you a chance to join the union. Um, and, and I didn't even know what that meant. I, I'm not gonna to lie to you. That was a very, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, 
I need to learn a skill, but I didn't know what it meant to be in the union. I didn't know what it meant, what he was giving me. Um, funny enough, that night I was hanging out with my friends. We were all going out. New Year's Eve, we're going out. We're at a comedy club and everybody's, hey, what's new? And you say, hey, I got a new job today, you know? Oh, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna be an electrician. Oh, non-union, right? You say, no, it's, it's a union job. And, and everybody's face was taken aback. And while at the beginning of that night, I didn't really realize what was being offered to me, by the end of that night, I had a pretty good idea of this is something special. Um, so I need to take it serious and I need to really investigate what I'm getting myself into. Because when I thought I was gonna be an electrician, I didn't even really think of construction. I thought I would be somewhere doing signs, doing some lighting here and there, but I didn't really think of construction. I really didn't. I didn't have anything to, to base this off of. Um, and, and yeah, I go out there and I remember walking on my job first day and I realized this is a construction site. This is construction. <laughs> you know, there's no walls, there's no ceiling. Holy cow, look at all these pipes and wires. Um, I'm not wiring anything up until we get the wires where they need to be. Um, and that was a, that was a very eye-opening moment. Um, and keep in mind, I, I had no resources when I did this. I didn't even have a GD at this time. Um, my employer told me, oh, you have to have a GED or high school diploma to be in the program. And, and I said, yeah, I have that. Um, not knowing somebody's gonna ask me for it. Um, so I came in, I didn't come in through the traditional apprenticeship program at the beginning. I started in a residential program. I was a residential trainee for two years. Um, and in those two years, I had to get my GED. I had to, believe it or not, um, even get my algebra. I didn't even have the algebra I needed. I had to go to a high school and have a principal let me sit in at night, two nights a week to get my algebra to qualify for the test. Um, so there was a lot of obstacles. There was a lot of difficulties, but you know, at 25 years old, this was my last opportunity at getting it together. Um, no one knew, I, I, I didn't know anyone in the union. I didn't know any family members to ask for advice, nothing. Um, I went in blind, as I said, I even behind my employer's back, got my GED at night. And then I couldn't even brag because supposedly I already had this. Um, <laughs> So yeah, there was a lot of a lot of obstacles, but once I started working, I enjoyed it. You know, I didn't even have tools when I started. Um, my employer was so kind to me that he sent me to a supply house the first day with a journeyman to say, get the kids set up, get them what he needs. Um, and I never forget laying out all my tools on the bed, looking at them, trying to figure out what they all were never even heard of the name of the tools that I had. Um, so, so again, this was a very interesting starting point for me. Um, you know, going on the job, guys are talking a different language. You know, um, sitting there at lunch, 
I couldn't relate to anything they were discussing. Um, you know, they were talking about going on these lavish vacations, building extensions on their homes, having second homes, and I'm sitting there and I could barely pay my rent. Um, as I said, I grew up in a very extreme poverty that this was so foreign to me, but I sat there and I went through it. And I was the only person of color for many years on any job site. So again, there was a lot of a lot of things to learn and and get to know. But um, you know, I love what I do, and and I know that this changed my life. This, like I said, this was my last opportunity, and I went from poverty to an upper middle class lifestyle um, through this. You know, when I when I became an apprentice, I said I already was in two years. I had already done two years of residential trainee school. And I had to start all over as an apprentice, another five years. Um, and I did it. And, you know, there was a lot of things that happened along the way. 9-11 happened. Um, I was a witness to that. I saw it firsthand. I, I was there at the recovery site. Um, a lot of things throughout my apprenticeship could have caused me to quit. There was a time where I actually became homeless. Um, I had a, I took on a roommate. He bought in a dog. We weren't allowed to have a dog. He didn't pay the rent. Next thing I know, we were evicted. And as I said, I had nowhere to go. I had nothing. I had to use all my money to get a hotel. And luckily, I, I was able to continue my apprenticeship. I never stopped because this was everything for me. Um, and as I became a journeyman, I was very proud, very happy, um, and, and I was successful. I was very successful. But like anybody could tell you, this job will beat you up. Um, it is a very physically demanding job, and my body started hurting at various places. <laughs> um, <laughs> with that in mind, I had a good friend of mine who had went to college after dropping out of school as well. And he inspired me to, to go to college. I went through my JTC and I took my college credits that was given to me through ACE. And I started applying to college. Um, I thought I'll go for an associate's degree. I didn't know anything, but associates seems to where to start. Um, the lady sat down with me, the recruiter, and she she explained to me that I had enough credits, that I was just shy of an associate, that I should just go for a bachelor's while I was there. Um, I said, okay, why not? I didn't really understand what I was signing up for, but I said, okay. So I started with my bachelor's and I, I got a bachelor's in um, social science with um, you know, a history and education. So at that point, I was all locked in. I'm going to school at night. I'm, I'm taking online classes. I'm working full-time as a journeyman. I'm running work. Um, uh, it's a hard, hard situation. But I was so locked in that I realized if I don't get my master's now, I'm never going to do it. Mm. So I continued on, you know. I, um, and, and during that time, it was very difficult. You know, I had... 
my my stepdad died and I had to deal with that. And um, work picture was very difficult because we had the housing crisis. And I was constantly worried, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? Um, and when I was going for teaching, my, my teaching degree, believe it or not, teaching electrical was on the backside. Um, I originally thought I would teach social science, I would teach social studies, science or math. I was good at these things. Um, and I would do middle school social studies, middle school science. So I could have a blast, get summers off. I, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> of my and then at some point I thought I want to teach for the JATC. Um, I want to teach for the JATC. I remember telling my business manager, I want to teach for the JATC. I want to teach. There wasn't really a spot open for me. Um, and unfortunately, that was that was very demotivating at one point. And a, a buddy of mine turned me on to teaching at a for-profit school, a trade school somewhere. He said, just try it out, see how you could do. I, I said, I'm not interested in teaching electrical at this time. I, I wanted to be a real teacher, I kept saying, um, whatever that meant, you know? Um, he said, just try it, come on. You know, I was out of work at the time. I had just gotten laid off and, and the wait period was probably six to eight months. And he said, listen, you could do this class as a four week class, try it. And it was effortless. Cindy, it's like trying to tell somebody how to make, you know, you hear the thing, how to make a peanut butter sandwich, but understand that I was already given training on how to explain the process. So for me to do it, I knew the steps, I knew what to do. And I, I became very successful. Let's just say that. It was, I became extremely successful. I was, I was extremely popular. And I found a, a purpose, a, a real purpose. Um, as I tell you, my life was very, very chaotic growing up. And the one thing that had structure throughout my life was school, education. There was always structure. You went to school at this time, the bell rang at that time, you transferred, you had homework due, everything was structured. So that was important to me. And, and as a teacher, I was teaching to, uh, believe it or not, in New York City, I was teaching to my people. These were inner city people who were coming from the streets, who had no very, didn't have many options. And I was showing them that there is a choice, there is a chance. We, as I said, that's why I was so popular and so successful because these students gravitated toward me and, and I did help them. I, I steered the best that I could find to my JTC and they today are journeymen in my JTC. So I, I am very happy to say that my local has become better because of these people that I have recommended and, and suggested to join the, the union in New Jersey. Um, my success at that school led me to Florida where I'm at here. Um, somebody, reached out to me at a college. They were looking to start a program. 
and they wanted me to be their guy. You know, somebody had recommended me. They looked me up. I had a lot of videos. I had a lot of things going on um, on YouTube at the time. And they they enjoyed it. They they invited me to Florida and they they asked me to be the director of their program that they were starting. Um, and it was a for-profit school and, and I took it. As soon as I got here, I reached out to the local JTCs um, where I met a man named Jimmy Sullivan. A lot of you know him from Orlando. Yes, yes, yes. And and this man became a true mentor in so many ways. Um, and at some point, I I moved on. I was moving on from the school because I had reached a point where there was no more left for me to go. And I was gonna, I was reaching out to see what other venues were available to me. Um, at this point, I got 20 years in the field, 20 years plus. I have a master's in education. I've been teaching for quite a while and, and I wanted to see what was available. He turned me on to an opening that was available here in Daytona Beach. And I applied and was accepted for the position to, to be director for the ETA at this point of Daytona Beach. And I couldn't tell you how happy that made me, how thrilled it was to come full circle. And, and all I wanted to do was teach but to be director was, was a blessing I couldn't even think of. And um, it is one of the most hard, it is one of the most difficult jobs I've ever had. It is something I've had to learn how to grow into the position. I've had to learn how to grow as a, as a human in every way. And I thank God and I'm very blessed to be where I am today. So that, that's how I got from A, let's say to, to E, because I, my, my story is far from over, I feel, and who knows where it's going to lead me. Um, and if it doesn't go any further than where I'm at right now, so be it, because I am changing lives every day, and I do what I love. And as I said, I was just a kid from the Bronx and, and never would have imagined myself to be where I am today. That's, and that's my story, Cindy. Yeah, and it's a beautiful story. Um, and and when we were talking, I mean, I think I got emotional talking to you on the phone, or, or I can't remember if it was phone or Zoom. I think it was phone. Um, and just you know, thinking about again from A to E, uh, and I love that because there is so much more. And and the giving back, the not forgetting who you are, every part you know, every step through your story, giving back to those in your community, helping to empower and lift up other people, and now being in this role where you get to encourage and change lives, you know, but you've been doing it all along. It's not like you waited until this position to do it. You were doing it as an apprentice and then as a teacher and, and all this stuff, but, you know, all the, you know, it was a lot of self-motivation, that had to, you know, when you're talking about your own education, your choice to keep going, um, be it the bachelors, the masters, you know, all of that and trying new things and finding what works. It just, I, again, I was just kind of overwhelmed when I heard you tell it. And so I wanted you to tell it so that other people could hear it. And you made a really good point in the beginning. 
every story is different. Even when there's similarities, you know, it's that whole thing like we can all we can wear the same shoe size, but we still have different shoes that we walk in. You know, so some people have, you know, what would feel to them a simple story, but it's still their story that can encourage and motivate someone. But I think with yours, to me, it, it helps people, no matter what their circumstance, to recognize anything is possible. Everything is possible. Um, so I, I'd asked you, like, what would you, how would you encourage someone who could identify with your experience? Like, what would you encourage them with if you were just trying to give them a, a quick, brief kind of a, you know, rah-rah moment? Well, you know, that, that's, that's a, it has to come from within, as you said. Um, I, at this point, have been working almost 10 years of my life, minimum wage jobs. And as I said, even the day that I found out about the apprenticeship, because it was a customer of mine working, I was working at a gas station, believe it or not. And, and this man came in who owned the company and we would talk all the time. And when the opportunity came, cause I had asked him previously for a job, I, I wanted to be an electrical apprentice. And he said to me, oh, I'm a union contractor. If you want to work for me, you got to be in the union. And I said, well, how do I get in the union? And his words to me were, you need a godfather. And I was so discouraged. And, and I thought, well, I don't know anybody. Oh, well, I'll continue on doing what I'm doing. But it, he told me years later, no matter what, I was just pumping gas. But I was always there, no matter what the weather was. I was there. I was checking the oil. I was always friendly. I was always outgoing. I did my best. I did my job, is what he said. And um, that encouraged him that when he was looking for somebody to help move a shop and give a job to, he thought, I'll give this kid a chance. Mm -hmm. And I always say, if I have to meet five people in heaven, I pray that he's one of the five I ever meet because he, he did so much for me and I will always pay it forward. Um, he has no idea what he did for me. He really doesn't. He just thinks, hey, I, I gave you a job. That's all I did. But um, tell people, never stop trying and, and don't be afraid to ask for help. Because if I didn't ask for a job, I would have never got it. Yeah. And and you to me, like I, I see two different sides to this, right? There's the the person that's like you, right? Do, whatever you do, do it well. You know, do it, do it 100%. Do what you never know who's watching. Be friendly, be kind, be consistent, like all those things. And you just don't know what doors can open. Like be where you're supposed to be. And again, those opportunities tend to find you. And then on the flip side is that person who runs into someone. You know, make sure your, your eyes are open. Make sure you're noticing people. Make sure you're seeing needs, right? And don't discount someone because of their circumstances or their situations. Um, and, and that sponsor idea, I, I know there's a, a huge push for mentorship, and I'm 100% behind mentoring. But there's something to sponsor ship too. You know, being that godfather, right? That godmother for someone that I'm going to sponsor you. I'm going to make sure. And that doesn't just have to be financial. It's time, it's energy, it's passion. You know, I'm going to make sure that you have your best shot 
I don't care that you didn't finish school. I don't care where you grew up or, you know what I mean? Or, or the color of your skin or your gender identity or none of that. I'm going to, you know, bring something out. And I, and I think that's what's so beautiful about your story. It happened to you and then you've done it for others. And, and you know, Cindy, with, with this one guy, I mean, listen, I was so, I, I don't even know how to say it, but I was so grateful for everything that he did for me. He gave me a job. He gave me an opportunity to join the union, get benefits, get a retirement. He bought me my tools. He took me on the job and showed me everything I needed. I, I went through my program, became a journeyman, became a foreman for him, was running work. If he never went out of business and retired, I would, I would still be there, I think. Um, because I had such a loyalty to him and what this program did for me. Um, I, I'd get on the rooftops and shout it out to everybody. You know, change your life. You have an opportunity. There's opportunities out there. Apprenticeship, yeah. one of those. Right. Yeah. And and again, just not discounting any situation, any person. You know, we talk about recruitment. We talk about retention. And it's, yeah, we could put plans in place. We could send out documents telling you here's step one, two, three, four. But it comes back so much to the people stuff. You know, seeing people not expecting, you know, I, I'm not saying we all do, but it's like people come to us, right, to make application, to find out about us, sit at an interview table. And sometimes we're too hard. Like we, we act like they're supposed to know everything, have everything together, be ready to go out and just and it's like, man, this is that's not apprenticeship. That's not what apprenticeship is. I didn't even know it was construction. Right. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even know it was construction. And as naive as that sounds, you know, walking on the job and looking around, you were overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. But again, this is my last opportunity, whatever it takes. Um, get my hands dirty. Let's do it. You know, um, because I wanted that. I needed that. And that's the yeah. truth. Yeah, I can remember an apprentice uh, calling in first year, you know, new, new to the industry, you know, and he was upset because he was having to dig ditches. And, you know, we want to, because of our experience and knowledge, be like, what's wrong with you? Why would you? But it's like, this person signed up for an electrical apprenticeship and doesn't understand, kind of like you, this construction is constructing. It's bottom up sometimes, you know, ground up project. And so being able to explain that, you know, and, and see it. And I think, again, I just think sometimes when we're in these positions, we're not looking at the Rob Cruz, you know, the person who, who needs that explanation or that help. And then they take it and do what you've done with it. Well, you know, I, I'm very fortunate in my territory. I have a wide variety of work. I have industrial work from, we're working at the Space Center where rockets are being launched to we're doing residential houses and we're just, you know, installing a receptacle uh, or pushing the button on a GFI sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, so when I get an individual, you know, I try to sit with them. I try to make sure that I understand their story. I'm hearing their story because they, I need to explain to them what kind of work they're getting into and I um, maybe I can put you in the space center, 
maybe your background is so checkered that you just don't have that opportunity right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to put you in the house, um, but I'm going to give you your opportunity. I want to tell you about a guy who recently came into my JTC, my ETA office, um, older gentleman, Agassay, 44 years old, came in from California, walked through my doors and said, hey, I'm here. That was what his words. And I looked at him like, okay, how can I help you? And he says, you don't know who I am? And I said, no, I don't. And he says, you really? And as soon as he said it again, I realized, I know you, you're on my LinkedIn page, you, you know, but you're in California. You know, what are you doing here in Daytona Beach? And he says, Rob, I don't really have any skills and I haven't gotten myself, but I want to be part of your program. I see what you do and I want to be a part of that. Can you help me, please? Just like that. Showed me his plane ticket. He just got off that plane. And I, what am I going to say? Of course, absolutely. Let's do this. Um, you need X, Y, Z. You need this. You need that. You need these paperwork, everything. He got it, no problem. I gave him a job. He took, I gave him a test. He passed the test. As soon as he passed the test, I gave him a job. I put him out as a CW. He's going to be interviewed later this month. But this, this man is coming into my program. I can tell you right now, I am going to change his life. I am going to help him out. And that's, that's my listen to this guy's story. You know, for him, you never know who's watching. Those are some, that's something you said, and, and it hits very true. I, I like to get out and I love to showcase what we do. I love to show the world, hey, this is what my guys are doing. Look what we're doing here. I'm so proud of it. Um, and, and somebody's watching. You never know who's watching. And this man from California, I don't know how he found me, but he did. Yeah. And he has been following me. And, and now he's here and he is part of my program. And he is going to be the biggest advocate I could find. Mm -hmm. He is going to be so grateful for everything that happens. And how do I, I can't buy that. You can't buy that, Cindy. You know, I could bring in two, 300 people, but I only get one or two of those at a time. And I have to listen to everybody's story because mm -hmm. Somebody may just not know how to say this story. Somebody may be embarrassed to say they don't have a GED. Again, I could turn them on to a different path. I can help them get to where they need to be. They just have to be trusting in someone. And I hope that I'm open and warm enough that people can trust me. Well, I'm going to say I can answer that and say yes. Yes, you are. I mean, you. it's just, it's, it's recruitment and retention. You and I have talked about it and, and all the efforts that you make there. But I think it's that heart. People can people know how they feel around you, right? The words are great. Actions are important. But there's something about when you know that someone is invested, loves what they do, invested in bringing people into it. And I think that you embody that, you know. And again, never forgetting. You've never forgotten who you are, where you came from, and you know, what you were able to do. And you don't hold that against someone just because they're not as motivated as you were or, you know, anything like that. But it's just the opportunity. You're willing to give people an opportunity. And Rob, to me, that's what it's about. 
whether you're yeah. 25 or you're 45, it doesn't matter. If right. you are ready to make that change, let's do it. That's it. Let's do it. Well, Rob, thank you so much for taking time to share. Um, you've inspired me again. Like you did it the first time we talked about this and now you've done it again. So thank you. I'm, I'm certain that I'm not the only one that feels different, feels motivated, you know, to, to help people, honestly, like forget even just electrical apprenticeship industry, like just to be kind and help people. Cause you don't know the difference that you can make in someone's life simply by that small gesture that took you, it cost you no money, barely cost you time, you know, just, just to do that for someone. Listen, that man took the time to change my life. And in turn, I'm going to change hundreds of lives over my time. And there will be others who are going to be inspired to change more because of what I did. Um, so there we go. Yeah. Domino effect, right? It's beautiful. Thank you, Cindy. I appreciate yeah. you having me on. Well, thank you so much. Rob Cruz, thank you so much for sharing your story, for being so willing to share it with all of us. Um, and thanks for what you do for our industry. Uh, for the people, not just in your area, but all over. I know that they are spreading the word. They are helping other people, and it's just making the world a better place. So so thank you, and big thanks to the listeners. I know you thoroughly enjoyed hearing from Rob, and I appreciate you taking time to join us um, every month. And just remember, we do want to hear from you. Uh, so if there's something you want us to talk about, if you want to come on and share your story, just let us know by sending an email to say what. That's S-A-Y-W-A-T-T at electricaltrainingalliance.org. Our next episode will drop in October. Until then, stay connected with us through our newsletters, blog posts, social media. Make sure you've subscribed to this podcast. And stay powered up. We'll see you next time. Say what?